Welcome to the pilot episode of From the Fandoms. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Gabe. How's it going, Gabe? It is going pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's great, great. Uh, actually, before we continue, uh, I'm going to let everyone know that there is going to be spoilers for Falcon and the Winter Soldier episodes 1 through 3. Probably a smart idea. As well as spoilers for WandaVision going forward. Perfect. The entire series... Which was um, very good, by the way. Just immaculate, out. immaculate. But going forward, I'm going to spoil some later series stuff in my talks about Loki and how Falcon the Winter Soldier connects to WandaVision and the rest of the MCU going forward. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, well, first, uh, first order of business, what did you think about those Suicide Squad trailers? I actually thought it looked really cool. I never... I never I... Don't hate me. I've never watched the first one, um, but I heard that. I mean, it did okay, but I, I don't know that it wasn't like some huge movie, you know. That I was like, it, everybody was uh, like, yeah, it wasn't good. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, Jared okay. Leto as Joker is not my favorite. I did, he, yeah, I did know that. Yeah, he's just not good. I, uh, man, James Gunn looks like he's gonna do a great job with uh, the Suicide Squad. I also am really enjoying the choice of trade for King Shark uh, instead of Killer Croc. And I like his um, eating people and ripping apart action, which is what I expected from Killer Croc in the other one. But didn't we didn't really get a whole lot of that. I also yeah. I do enjoy I, I am excited that they're bringing back the best parts of that movie. Uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. Viola Davis as Amanda Waller and Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. OK, are those all the same actors as previously? Um, the, not, uh, not everyone is the same actor. Margot Robbie, Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis, and Jai Courtney are returning. Okay. Um, and then I do, I want to comment. I think it's interesting that they're bringing in Starro. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Starro is the first villain of the Justice League of America in the comics. I think is it a, I, I think it's really interesting, uh, to see what they're going to do with that. He also got a small mention in... The uh, Matter of Family DLC for Batman Arkham Knight back in uh, a couple months after the release. I think it was 2016, I believe. Interesting. Uh, yeah, also Polka Dot Man, played by David Dasmalchin. Yeah, I pronounced that wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. He plays Kurt in the Ant-Man movies. I recognized, I, I recognized the actor when I, was, uh, when I was watching the trailers. I, I did think his character looked amusing just because he was, like, depressed. <laughs> Just kind not of the, the re- not that being depressed is you know a no. good thing, but like <laughs> no, just kind of the ridiculousness of that character, which I enjoy, which is why I'm excited about Starro and uh, King yeah. Shark because they add an air of um, cartoonishness to the whole movie, and the dialogue sounds from what we've seen in the two trailers sounds hilarious. It's something like an R-rated Suicide Squad. One of my favorite moments is when uh, they're talking to the Mad Thinker, that guy with all the nodes on his head, and. Uh, if any information you give us is false, you die. You fail the mission, you die. Yeah. Harley Quinn. If we got your personalized license plate, you die. If you sneeze without covering your mouth. <laughs> Not that that's an open invitation to sneeze without covering your mouth. But. Amazing. It just looks so good. Yeah. August 6th. It does look like great. like quite a quite a good film. Definitely one that I would I would want to definitely, see. Definitely going to be one to watch. Um, that's coming out on August 6th in theaters on HBO Max. Um very excited about that. And then Batman, The Long Halloween, Part 1, with Jensen Ackles as Batman, Dean Winchester as Batman, 
and Troy Baker as the Joker returning, revising his role from Batman Arkham Knight, second time this episode I've mentioned it. Um, based off the 13-issue comic series of the same name that ran from 1996 to 1997, I'm pretty sure. Good comic series. What did you think of the trailer as someone who isn't a huge comic reader, Gabe? Yeah, um, for background, you know, I I love the comics. Um, I have, I got definitely a lot more into Marvel comics, not uh, not to DC. I've always, I've always been a lot more into Marvel than DC. I mean, I really haven't honestly seen it, hardly any DC movies. I've seen The Dark Knight. And I think that might be it, actually. But that was a very good film. Um, but anyway, I have I've read some of like the starter comics, especially for a lot of Marvel characters. But I haven't really gotten in depth into a lot of comic books. Um, but I did enjoy the the trailer. I actually knew nothing, you know, about the movie. Like I had no expectations whatsoever watching it. And so I I thought it was gonna be like live action was my original thought because I heard Batman and I was thinking like, oh, the Batman movies they've made in the past, you know. I was not expecting the animation. And then I was like, oh, uh, wow, this actually, it's like a cartoon, but they're making it a movie. And I thought that's really cool because it allows them to have a lot of like leeway with it, I guess. Have a lot. You can do a lot more with animation than you can really do with the. Yeah. Uh, you can do with live action, especially with that style of animation, which reminds me a lot of the. Um... Pretty much a lot of other stuff that they've done with animated Batman, Batman the animated series, the uh, the Killing Joke movie, stuff like that. I'm excited to see what they do with it. I'm excited to see Jensen Ackles' performance as Batman, and Troy Baker is always good. Um, his his performance as the Joker in yeah. the Arkham Knight series, Arkham Knight games was well, Arkham games, not Arkham Knight games was very good, very very good. And um, our third trailer for this segment, Loki. I am so excited. Yes. I have a lot to say about these trailers. This is going to yeah. be our longest probably trailer breakdown. But um, I... So it takes place directly after Endgame or like during Endgame, that era of time. Yeah, because it's... Which is going to be an interesting thing to go into. Also, I noticed this. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but I noticed um, for the first time really that Loki's magic was more green, and because of WandaVision now, I feel like we have to pay even more attention to magic colors, because we know you got Wiccan and then uh, uh, Agatha Harkness's coven mates, uh, the blue magic, even her mother. Agatha was purple, and of course Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, was red. And I wonder if Loki's green magic is going to mean something, because you know the orange magic is a uh, indicator of the Sorcerers from Camertage indicating yeah, the Doctor Strange yeah. Eldritch type of magic. I wonder if that's going to mean something. That's interesting. Because, you know, that's something we hadn't really thought, at least I hadn't really thought about, you know, going into the movies. And then once once WandaVision pulled up, you know, I never thought of, that, that was an interesting side to it, I guess. I never thought of Wanda's powers as magic. I always thought, you know, oh, it's coming from the... Uh, the stone because that's you know the hydra experimentation with the the mind stone was what gave her her powers but uh, now spoiler alert in the latest season they said that she was already you know kind of had the, the already powers a witch. Her of powers yeah from birth and the mind stone just you know upped it to like it turned the knob up and ripped it off as far as <laughs> yeah concerned. pretty much especially considering that that was that was also in uh, in uh, Endgame when she basically single handedly took down Thanos. 
that was just i thought that was oh awesome. man when she cracks the sword that was freaking epic. yeah i can't um also captain america catching the i know this is kind of off topic but captain america catching mjolnir was one of the greatest oh, moments oh, of my yes that was that um was beautiful anyway uh gugu mabutha Ra. i know i pronounced that wrong i'm sorry she is the character in the chamber an actor playing in the chamber we don't have a confirmed but i am pretty sure she's probably playing judge renslayer who in the comics is connected to Kang the Conqueror, so that could be a possible connection to him moving forward. Uh, also, I really like one of my favorite parts of the Loki trailers that we've seen so far are about the Unsolved Mysteries making about Loki. Like, um, I don't know how much you know about Unsolved Mysteries, but we saw D.B. Cooper, and I saw a Polybius machine in the background of the whole thing. And for those of you who don't know anything about D.B. Cooper or Polybius, I'll give you a small bit of background on both of those db cooper was a man who booked a plane ticket under a name that they don't think was his name got on a plane did some weird turnaround way of like to get money said he had a bomb and then jumped out of the plane and was just never found um and then polybius is an unconfirmed arcade machine game that caused like crazy mental problems in people who played it and then like disappeared men in black suits took it uh, unconfirmed rumors and substantiated. So that's just a very interesting mystery on that part. I like that they're going to use real world mysteries as a thing of Loki's thing. Also, one more thing I wanted to point out uh, before I let you talk for a second. Sorry, Gabe. No, you good. Um, I noticed on the if you no- I noticed on the screen when they were showing the flow of time how many splits there were, but when uh, the ancient one was talking to Bruce Banner, there was a lot of there was one split. So Loki was Loki was doing a lot of stuff, and that just shows the sheer like mess that Loki created when doing yeah all of his whatever he was doing. Cause yeah, no, definitely. Cause that's when when uh, like you said when the ancient one was showing um, Banner, she only knocked one Infinity Stone out, and it only made little one little split. But when he was when he pulled up that that flow of time there was like what six or seven different like little prongs coming off of it which was you know i don't know which is pretty interesting i feel like more than that even especially because um the flow of time isn't just one section so there was so much that he messed up yeah uh which which i thought was really interesting comparison especially because that immediately made me think about that scene in uh infinity war um also i noticed a scroll i don't know if you saw the scroll in the tva office but I mean, scrolls are everywhere. Secret invasion. Hello, like, I in the background I, of that one shot, there is a scroll. I did not notice that. Yeah, if you go back and watch it uh, later, you'll see the. Scroll. I noticed the cat. Yeah. The cat. I don't even know the cat. I don't know if that cat is anything, but it might be a flurkin. Y'all know. I don't know. <laughs> that's but just what. Do... That's just what it made me think of. I'd have to rewatch it to and look a little closer to know. To see if it I was did actually... definitely notice the scroll. That was a big thing. Secret Invasion show. It is coming. We know it is coming. Um, how I? Uh, what are your theories about the hooded figure? We've seen a little bit of that uh, figure. I have seen a couple theories online. I think it'd be interesting to bring in Lady Loki uh, in the series because of a timeline split. What are your thoughts on this? I would have no idea, honestly. Um... I don't know. It's I tend in general just not to like I don't know. I don't make a ton of theories overall just in general. I prefer to just kind of watch it and see what happens. But I do enjoy 
you know, seeing stuff. But it, uh, this is, I'm, I don't know. I haven't seen enough yet to make any solid. I mean, obviously you can see connections here and there, but I haven't seen like enough. I think once the first couple episodes start coming out and then like they start alluding to stuff later in the episodes, that's when it'll really like hit and be like, okay, this is definitely, you know, theories start coming and things like that. It'll be something more substantial. Yeah. I mean, same as well. Trailers are a little bit hard to theorize also because of the not there's not a lot of information that comes out but i have been enjoying the trailers nobody does trailers like marvel and it's just perfect i do think it's interesting that they dropped that trailer on a monday though it was very interesting um yeah when do they normally yeah i'm gonna be interested to see how this ends and if it's gonna tie in because uh wandavision tied into a movie and i don't believe that falcon winter soldier is that'll be discussed a little bit later but um i'm gonna be interested to see what the end of Loki is going to look like? Yeah, which moving forward? Which movie did in the uh, MCU? Which movie did WandaVision tie into? Uh, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. So yeah, it ends. Uh, WandaVision ends pretty much. It's like um, how Thor Ragnarok ends, basically where Infinity War begins. I'm assuming. I got you. Well, and to be fair, though, think about it this way: Loki and his little time splits. Could also tie into that, considering as how, you know, you have a bunch of different realities at that point, which basically just creates a multiverse. Exactly. Also, I mean, it's, I know it's not uh, Marvel, but it's still Disney talking about all that time traveling stuff in Rebels was interesting with the whales. The, uh, yeah. They're called. Hyperspace whales. So, you know, it's not above and in the comics, everybody's time traveling all over the place. You know, it's not above Marvel to do it, especially because now. They're basing a lot more stuff off the comics. Um, a lot of stuff in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been based on the comics. I would also like to um, comment on the uh, comment on one thing before we move on to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I do think, um, uh, sorry, I do think that at some point we're gonna see something with uh, that judge. I, I, I already said she's most likely Judge Renslayer, but I feel like she'll be aligned to King the Conqueror uh, just because that's the only thing that makes sense, um, especially yeah. with a TVA. I'm just excited to see uh, my WandaVision broke my heart with not having Mephisto confirmed to show up. I was in the Mephisto train to the very end. I still believe Mephisto will show up at some point. Um, because those of you who read the comics, House of them especially know that Agatha Harkness and Mephisto are like two peas in a pod. You don't usually have one without the other. And then in the comics, the Billy and Tommy are pieces of Mephisto's soul used to manipulate Wanda. Um, so that's my whole thing. I want Mephisto to show up. I hope the hooded figure is somebody. I hope the Falcon and the Winter Soldier also has some the cameo that they've been talking about that. Isn't Paul Bettany trolling or whoever is trolling? Because Paul Bettany trolled us all. Like, I don't I'm just going to comment on that. Yeah, so I no longer trust Disney or anybody from Disney saying big cameos anymore after the big cameo Paul Bettany was teasing was literally himself as White Vision. I <laughs> heartbroken. <laughs> Absolutely. To be fair, though, that's kind of funny. Absolute legend, honestly. Paul Bettany is hilarious. I respect it. Yeah. 
All right, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episodes one through three. This is your last warning for intense spoilers. Yeah, huge spoilers here. Holy crap, bro. I... If... Yeah. I am... Okay, I'm going to comment real quick. Love it, love it, love it. I... Oh, my gosh. I have never... uh, Marvel, Disney, all of them just doing the amazing genius transition from the movies to the TV shows. You got The Mandalorian. You've got... WandaVision, you've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and the, all three have been absolute bangers. Yeah. have allowed a lot more of the creativity and the comics and all this kind of stuff to connect. Oh, and 100%. Through. And even... It's amazing. Um, um, like, they're... Even from a business standpoint, they're... Business, oh my gosh. It is... Yes, there are people I know who only have a subscription for Disney+. Plus just while they're to watching watch. the shows yep. and they stop after i mean but here's here's what they've done is basically instead of making movies for the main mcu you know phases that's basically ended they're obviously going to have a few movies here and there i think they're probably going to make another spider-man movie um at some point um they're definitely making obviously a dude have you not seen the trailers dude Spider-Man No Way Home this Christmas, tentatively. I have not heard of that, so that's... Yeah, they're making another Spider-Man, Doctor Strange at the Multiverse. Uh, they're still releasing phases, by the way. We're in phase I know. four right I now. Know. But it's... They're just combining the... the movies and the TV shows together yeah. to create a more steam, uh, streamlined viewing experience for us at home. And it's also it's also kind of cool what they've done is you know basically how the tv shows work think about it like wandavision every episode ties right into the next one there's no skips there's it's not like each episode has its own plot it's yeah unlike like and morty one... nothing happens without us watching yeah that's how that works which is and but it's basically like one massive long movie that they make over the span of like eight weeks a ten week, which is why it works, and it's and creating and not releasing it all at once creates yeah. um excitement and creates hype, and it's just it's great, honestly. I I can't praise Disney enough for doing this, and I can't praise everybody behind this um for this immaculate idea. I also also the TV shows are paying off comic fans more than any other Marvel uh, media has yeah. before. Um. Because before, even the Guardians of the Galaxy are the most outrageous example of this. They are barely based on the comics at all. Like, I... Uh-huh. So... But, but, I mean, they were still to, decent movies. I still love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. They were still good. And that's and that's that's why they did that. They, that's, they didn't pick uh, a series that people were like, Oh my gosh, Guardians, I love Guardians. They picked a series that people were going to not really, like, miss. So people were going to be like... Oh, Guardians, yeah, this is cool. And they were going to get there and be like, this is kind of dope. Um, it never really bugged me, and I read a lot of the Guardians comics, and I still think those movies are good. Yeah, and they also... I love the character of Peter Quill, and I love all the music in those movies. It's oh, fantastic. The, the music is amazing in those movies. And I think it was cool that they also used them to kind of... Basically, the Guardians was what tied in a lot of the Infinity War. I mean, both Guardians. The, the second one, not, not so much, but, I mean, it kind of... The second one was sort of its own, but it, definitely the first one tied in a huge part of Infinity Zones and such like that. Um, it, uh, I yeah, because you got the power. Stone. I would argue it also introduced us to the Collector, which was a big, which was part of yeah, the Infinity War again. I would argue that because we met the Collector again in nowhere when we would take it the Reality Stone. Yeah, I would argue that 
um, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the first movies that kind of set in motion the Infinity Saga. But also, Captain America um, Civil War was, I think, the other one. Because that was, that. I mean, basically, really, you could have called it Avengers Civil War if you wanted to. I mean, it's... Really? Um, actually, I would argue a little less than that. Because think about uh, Captain America the First Avenger. The Space Stone was the linchpin for that movie. Without the Space Stone, it wouldn't have got to where it got. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, like, but at that point, I guarantee you, you know, they didn't have planned out every detail of the MCU and how everything was going to I end. beg to differ, honestly, because uh, the MCU doesn't miss. Marvel does not miss. I would argue that they had it planned out well in advance. I don't think they had it planned out during Iron Man um, or, the, or the beginning movies, but I think when they started introducing, I think add Captain America Civil War, or not Captain America Civil War, sorry, Captain America the First Avenger is when they started the Infinity Saga. Because they wouldn't introduce the Tesseract and all these stones, especially because, again, Thor The Dark World, uh, Doctor Strange, every all these movies were having stones in them, with that starting one being Captain America The First yeah. Avenger. I would argue that Captain America The First Avenger was that movie that began the Infinity Saga. I mean, yes, from a sense of introducing the Infinity Stones, it kind of started introducing it. But for me, what like really set it in motion, like what, like... You know, because the Infinity Saga to me consists of uh, Doctor Strange in a sense, just because that really brought in the Time Stone, but also not so much because it didn't have a lot to do with the Infinity Saga. Definitely Infinity War Endgame, of course. Um, also Thor Ragnarok in a way, because that kind of, you know, happens right before Infinity War. Um, but I would say the biggest one has to be the Avengers uh, in that whole list. The first Avengers movie, because you've got Loki. Yeah. Uh, the Mind Stone, the Space the space Stone, Thanos' first appearance is in that movie. That is really the movie where the Infinity Saga was created in the minds of fans. But I would argue in the minds of the people who are behind the scenes, it was in the mind of them since Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing about Loki invading New York is how it affected um, Iron Man or Tony Stark. Um, you know, his kind of deal, basically after that movie, his deal was like, you know, we're freaking out because aliens came to Earth. And then, you know, Infinity War starts up and when Hulk comes back, when uh, Banner comes back and he's like, dude, Thanos, you know, he's like, Tony's like, what's this? Who is it? You know, what's this guy? And Banner's basically like, you know, that attack on New York that you were flipping about, uh, flipping out about? It's that guy. And he was like, oh, shit, you know? New York, that was him. Yeah, that's that whole scene. Really sense of the emotion in the Infinity Saga. And then I, another thing that I'm really enjoying is seeing more of the aftermath. Because uh, yeah. we saw a little bit of that in Spider-Man Far From Home. But WandaVision and the Falcon the Winter Soldier have really introduced us to more of that aftermath. Of, of the, the blip. Not only them, not only the people leaving in the first place. But everybody coming back. Yeah, especially Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Honestly, they've really gone in depth to like what they've really just captured the feeling of that, and especially with the Flag Smashers and uh, Carly Morgan. Yeah, um, I think having those two groups, um, having both sides of that coin talking about that, um, is a great way to do it because you have the government and the Global Repatriation Global Repatriation Council. And John Walker and um, Lamar Hoskins, Flag Smasher, 
or not Flag Smasher, sorry, Battlestar. Oh, yeah. An idiot. Um, you have all these characters and all these people on different sides of the thing. I'm also enjoying the fact that um, Ego the Living Planet and uh, John Walker are played by Kurt and Wyatt Russell, uh, father and son in the MCU. I think that's interesting. Or in real life, in the MCU, they're not father and son. But I don't think that's interesting that two of the most hated characters in the MCU are played by father and son. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also very interested to see how far um, Bucky's time in Wakanda is going to come back or uh, return in the future since this is the second time he's been called White Wolf, and since we met Ao, uh, has returned in the series. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, the first time we met Ao, she's actually the first Dora Milaje we met back in uh, Civil War. She was um, T'Challa's bodyguard in that movie, and we last saw yeah. her fighting off Corvus Glade to try to save Shuri from getting attacked by Corvus Glade. Uh, so it's 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 nice to see that she didn't die, um, that she's back uh, looking for Zemo, which is uh, it's I do I like that it came full circle, especially when Falcon mentioned uh, that Wakanda and the Dora Milaje were not going to let go, that Zemo was the one who killed. Uh, yeah, but I also I I think it's cool. I wonder how they're going to connect that because that's where the last episode and en- en- ep- words episode ended. You know, was he like met her in the alley? Right, so I'm thinking. Yeah, following he found that he followed the um followed the Kamoyo beads to uh, Ao. Um, I am gonna be. Re- I am excited. Uh, I didn't even get what I tie in Wakanda. I actually honestly thought after Endgame, after a lot of that stuff, that um Bucky and Wakanda the connection was done. But I'm excited to see if they're exploring more of that White Wolf connection since that's the second time he's been called White yeah. Wolf now. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see if it goes as far as him getting a vibranium suit, uh, oh. becoming kind of like the comic Dude, version that of White would be Wolf, so cool. getting like a white uh, vibranium suit. I think would be really interesting um, if that ended up happening, though I do feel like it is too early to have Marvel uh, bringing in their plans for Black Panther 2, uh, especially so, especially because they still haven't said anything, uh, and they're not going to recast T'Challa, of course. Um, Chadwick Boseman was amazing and inspiration, and will be missed by all of us in the fandom. Uh, For three movies, four movies, he was amazing. Um, I am going to be interested to see, though, what they do with that going forward. I think if they do anything, uh, I would like to see Shuri take up the mantle of Black Panther more than anything. I think that would be really interesting to explore. Her uh, sciencey ways of the way yeah. future meeting more, meaning more of the ways of tradition, especially if Bucky is a part of that going oh. forward. I think would be very interesting. Yes, I, uh, um, I I recently rewatched Captain America: Winter Soldier. Um, great and movie. That is one of my favorite movies in the MCU. Um, not uh, you know. Not even because of the connections it has. It's just a really good movie. It's done very well. You know, Bucky um, as the Winter Soldier is always, like, really freaking cool, you know? When you just, like, driving along and then all of a sudden you see a dude in a mask sitting there shooting a rocket launcher at you. You know, that's like, what the heck, you know? So, I don't know. I've always I've always loved Bucky as a character. Um He's always been one of the coolest ones to me. And so I definitely want to see see more of that. But also, coming into Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, more spoilers, but Zemo 
I was so happy that we got to see Zemo in action, you know, and with the absolutely, with the mask absolutely. too. Like that was something absolutely. That was something we didn't get in um, Captain America: uh, Civil War. We just got his, you know, psychological mind games aspect of it. But then, you know, the most recent episode, come to find out, he's in jail. He's like a billionaire the whole time, and yep, Baron Zemo. <laughs> and, He's also like a martial arts dude that knows how to flip and take armed guards out. Like man is basically a Jedi. Nobody's um. <laughs> business. And also that freaking fur coat that's just like, oh my gosh, the fur. I want one. Where can I yeah. get one? Uh, Zemo, hook me up with your tailor. Uh, I will take two. <laughs> I'll t- I'll, t- I'll take one. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Also, I did think it's interesting. I do like that we're getting more of a peek uh, into Bucky's mindset, especially after all of this. I love that scene where he's talking to Sam and he says, uh, if Steve was wrong about you, then that means he was wrong about me. Yeah. And it really gives us a look into Bucky's mind, especially um, I really like that he was sleeping on the floor after he woke up from that nightmare because it's a callback to uh, that scene in Captain America. Oh, I forget what the movie that was. Uh, the movie where he meets Sam for the first time. That was that uh, was Winter Soldier. That was, yeah, Winter Soldier. You're right. Uh, where On he's talking left. about where they where they do make the comments of the bed, and he says, uh, "It's the bed, isn't it? It's too comfortable." And he said, "When I was overseas, I was sleeping on the ground using rock as a pillow, and I come back, it's like a sleeping on a marshmallow." Yeah, you feel like you're um, I like thought the callback to that was amazing. Um, it was very subtle, but it was very noticeable for if you know the movies i also like that they brought back up the um disaster man by marvin gay yeah that, yeah uh, mentioned that the troublemaker soundtrack or trouble man sorry not disaster man. Trouble yeah man, yeah um and the fact that um and this notebook that bucky's using is the same notebook that um steve was yes, using in, that, in the civil war where he wrote down all of his stuff and it made it formed that connection uh, for me at least that Steve probably gave it to Bucky and was like, "This will help you, uh, you know, circulate back into the world," kind of thing. Um, since that's what he used it for after Civil War, or I'm not Civil War after he came out of the ice and after all that kind of stuff, and you're trying to yeah. catch up, and after all that kind of stuff, and then Civil War was immaculate uh, after all that kind of stuff and seeing. King T'Challa, um, say Zemo at the end of that movie was also very, uh, very good. I hoped back then when he saved uh, Zemo instead of letting him kill himself that we were going to get more Zemo action, and I'm glad we are now. Um, I also really like that they brought back they brought in Isaiah Bradley, the uh, the first African American incarnation of Captain America in the comics. And that they made him like this kind of like this martyr, I guess, or not, that's not the right word for it, like an outcast. Like he fought for his country and then ended up in jail for 30 years and was experimented on by Hydra. And then when Dr. Nagel mentions the blood samples from the American test yep. subjects talking about Isaiah Bradley, like he was just an object. The overtones of, uh, of dealing with race and stuff like that is very well communicated in the show. I believe I just think that Marvel does a really good job of making their shows feel human. Uh, one of the biggest moments of that for me, uh, not even with Isaiah Bradley, with just Sam, was when they were in the bank. And the thing that got 
the banker to recognize that he was Falcon was him flapping his little his little hands. Also, when um Sam went to the neighborhood with Bucky yeah. to go see to go talk to Isaiah Bradley, and the kid goes, "Oh, you're Black Falcon. You're Black Falcon." And he says, "No, it's just Falcon." He said, "My dad says Black Falcon." And he says, "Cause I'm black. Oh, cause you make you black kid." And it just brings to more to mind more of that like the racial overtones of the black superhero. Yeah, especially when I thought. You know, I thought that scene was really interesting. Just that small interaction. Um, the small interaction, but it spoke yeah. volumes. Like I, I, yeah. I said it multiple times, probably even this episode, Marvel doesn't miss. No, 100%. I, was, I, I honestly wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, you know, that's really interesting that they put that in there. I would have thought, you know, I'm not saying it's like wrong. I actually think it's really cool that they did that. I just was not like expecting that. When I first was watching it, and I, I, you know, looking back, I think it's actually really cool that they're doing that and kind of bringing in how, you know, the the race has affected it because that's not something that they've had before, really. Um, in the MCU, they haven't really talked about how you know different race will affect your life, even as a superhero and even as you know living instincts like that. And so I think that's really cool that they're bringing that in want to comment on the fact because i know we were coming talking about how movie lead-ins and stuff i don't feel like calvin and the winter soldier is going to be a movie lead-in like um wandavision is i think it's going to be establishing the new forms of characters moving forward in mm-hmm. the mcu because I think, I think it'll be cool to see where they go with it i also agree i don't think it'll be like a, a huge movie tie-in i think what it'll they'll do is kind of leave it more open-ended so they can kind of take it wherever they want um and you know, maybe they make another season. Maybe they, you know, just cut it off and kind of have some movies come out of it. Who knows? Other TV shows, maybe. I don't know. Um, and- I really feel like it's going to be a more of an establishing these characters and their new incarnations going forward. Because in the comics, um, Joaquin Torres, who's already been introduced, becomes Falcon after meeting and after one well, after meeting. After getting having being experimented on by the power broker, he becomes Falcon. And I think that because Sam's stuff gets kind of glitchy whenever the tech people work on it, and because uh, Joaquin Torres has all this kind of stuff going on, I think that because they set up their own Captain America, they're trying to install Joaquin Torres as their own Falcon. Yeah. Um, so I think this series is going to end with... Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to end with Buck per se, but I feel like it's going to end with Sam as Captain America and Joaquin Taurus as Falcon. At least. Yeah. Also, uh, I like the redeeming the character of Sharon Carter. I thought she was really weird in a uh, really weird addition to Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. she didn't serve that much of a purpose, and then Steve and her had some weird romantic tension that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um... And I, yeah, but I'm glad that she's being redeemed here. I, I've i seen some theory people online discussing that um, she could be the power broker. I don't feel like she is. It, would, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense since the power broker seems to have been established before Sharon Carter uh, came on the scene. Yeah. And Zemo used the he moniker. I know that's not uh, an indication of the gender of a character, having a different character say something. Um, perfect example, Rogue One, or not Rogue One, my bad, Solo, when uh, Tobias Beckett was talking about Emphis Nest. And it turns out it was, it was... He used the, he used uh, male-gendered pronouns when it was a female. Yeah. So I know it's not always a moniker, 
uh, it's not always an indicator of um, the gender of a character, how another character refers to someone we haven't seen yet. But I do feel like this character, uh, the par- Sharon, it's not Sharon Carter, especially because of the comic influences of the Power Broker as Dr. Yeah, Ballas. and I mean, the lead up has kind of been, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out she's working with the Power Broker. Oh, neither but if, would I. if it turns out that she all. is the Power Broker, that'd be a little... Um... It would be confusing, honestly. I did. I really did enjoy the the, the appearance of um, Madripoor and the Princess Bar, which is a um, which is actually a location from the Marvel comics as well. Um, it's very good. Uh, the one thing I was confused about in that episode was Selby. Uh, I there's not really there's multiple Selbys in the comics that I couldn't really I couldn't really find out or figure out what that's who that specific one was supposed to be. I did enjoy the very John Wick nature of her getting killed and all the bounty hunters' phones pinging with the reward yeah. uh, for her Merc killers. I loved that. That was very John Wick to me. I also really enjoyed Sharon Carter going full John Wick. Another thing that I thought was really interesting, sorry, um, was how quickly Bucky was able to go back into the, as into like his Winter Soldier yeah. mode. I thought that was very interesting. Well, they they um, commented on that. Zemo made a little comment. He was like, you know, I don't yeah. remember exactly his words, but he was like basically made the point that like didn't take quickly, didn't take him like long. How quickly you fall back into your role or something like that. But it, again, like I said, it gives us a real peek into Bucky's mental health. Um, seeing all these separate pieces of Bucky coming back together. Um, I mean, imagine how hard it would be to reconcile all those things. Uh, in your mind, knowing that you did these things. I mean, of course, it wasn't Bucky, technically, but at the same time, it's like, it was still my hands. There's still the blood on my hands. Yeah. I imagine that... I can't even imagine how much that must weigh on a person, thinking about that. I also... I think it's interesting... I've always thought this was interesting, that how some people in the background... I know it's a movie, but like at a TV show, I just think it's interesting, even though Bucky is pardoned, just walking around in the streets just as a dude. Like, I know he wore that half mask, but I feel like he'd be recognizable at least. There have been pictures on the news, the worldwide news of Bucky without a mask on. So I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that he can just kind of walk around even though he's pardoned. Also, this do- there's something going on with this, this, this therapist. I... I'm not sure what it is, but I have a feeling something's going to happen. Okay, with but therapist. that scene, though, was amazing. I loved that scene with the therapist and both of them there sitting there, like, arguing with each other. I really loved oh, that how was deep great. it was, but also just the interactions between Sam and Bucky are what, like, make, make the show for me. Like, that makes the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also, I also love um, the scene where they're in the plane. He like, goes... So what's the plan? And Falcon just doesn't answer him. And he goes, and he says, Buck. I forget what he, what he says, but he calls him Buck. And he says, nope, can't call me that. And he says, why? He says, what Steve called you. And he said, Steve knew me longer and Steve had a plan. And he doesn't tell Bucky anything. It's it's just so funny. I also love that um, uh, Sam, or Bucky finally got uh, 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 payback for uh, Civil War when they were in the car. And, uh, Bucky wouldn't move his seat up for Sam, and uh, or Sam wouldn't move his uh, seat up for Bucky, and now Bucky wouldn't move his seat up for Sam. I just thought that was funny. yeah, <laughs> that was great. I love it. Like, like I said, Marvel doesn't miss. Um, and again, going back to Isaiah Bradley, 
I feel like this is going into Young Avengers because we have Eli Bradley as Patriot brought in now. Um, Tommy and Billy Wicked and Speed, Cassie Lang as Stinger or Statures, and she is older now because of the blip. Yeah. And then Morgan Stark is a maybe, I think. I'm not sure. I think if they do bring her in to Young Avengers, which I, you, I nobody can tell me isn't happening at this point, um, that she'll probably be rescued since Gwyneth Paltrow has said that she's not going to return after her pot. And the last, and I definitely feel like since we saw her wearing the rescue armor, uh, well, not the helmet, Morgan Stark, in that movie, since Marvel doesn't miss, I definitely feel like the next time we see uh, Morgan Stark, she is going to be wearing the rescue armor. Definitely. Um, and also the kid from Iron Man 3, you know, who knows? Yeah, Harley uh, taking over his Iron Lad. Because he was in the funeral scene, confirmed by the Russo yeah. brothers. That is a that is another big one for me. Um, I definitely feel like Young Avengers is coming. I felt like it back then. I felt at that point. Um, now I feel like it even more, especially because we do have Tommy and Billy, and they are some of the bigger members of the Young uh, Avengers. Especially Cassie Lang, Tommy and Billy, and Eli Bradley. Now, definitely makes me feel almost sure that at some point we will get the Young Avengers content in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, sorry, uh, going back to the Falcon and the Soldier, uh, Dr. Nagel, I thought was very interesting, saying that he had no serum, no lab, and the fact that his serum, um, isn't like the serum that Cap got in the first Avenger. It is, uh, basically a silent killer kind of thing. Like, you could, like, you could inject it and have no physical change, but you'll still, uh, on the outside, uh, no appearance change, which you'll be... Uh, yeah. Absolute beast. Yeah. <clears throat> that is interesting to me. I'm gonna. I'm be, gonna be interested to see how that goes moving yeah, forward. Yeah. Because I mean, in like in uh, the first Avenger, you know, there was he was he change. was a skinny little tiny dude, and then he comes out of that chamber and he's like, you know, because because beast. not only that, and because they had to use the Vita rays to stimulate that growth. Yeah. Um, in that movie. So I do think that uh, the fact that Dr. Nagel was able to boil it down to a point where he was able to do nothing that the, the, what no doctor had done since Askin, but even better, was it's, uh, it's nuts. Also, I had an interesting theory I wanted to discuss about the Super Soldier Serum itself. Him talking about nobody done since Askin. What if... Um, Dr. Askin's secret ingredient that he used in the formula has something to do with the heart-shaped herb that T'Chaka and T'Challa and Killmonger take to become the Black Panther. Interesting. That was my theory. Because think about how closely related um, and even if not Dr. Askin, maybe Dr. Nagel because um, T'Challa's uh, physique didn't change when he took the serum. It just like spread through him and gave him the enhanced strength. The yeah. Agility which are very similar to both Steve, Bucky, every super soldier we know of, and the Flag Smashers, who also got the serum. I mean, serum. to be fair, we also haven't seen anyone, like, get the serum yet, you know? We haven't seen anyone have it injected, so we have no idea what it looks like from that perspective. Um, yeah, but, so it could be, like, the heart-shaped herb. The like, heart-shaped me, herb could be part of To me, of that. what it makes me think of is uh, actually back to Iron Man 3 with Extremis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when they, like, shot the people full of that it was like a huge process um and a big thing and i don't i don't remember exactly what you know how extremists um like what their thing was i don't believe 
they were trying to replicate the super soldier serum. But um, it was basically like, you know, that kind of thing that it's still yeah. that same kind of like deal. Like a steroid. But it was really, that was really a one-off. I just, that's what it made me think of um, in this context. That, it also kind of reminded me of, um, I, I don't think you'll have a firm reference for this, but some people in the audience might. Um, in both the comics and the Spider-Man game, the if you follow the Tombstone story missions, the side missions in the Spider-Man game, and if you read the comics, um, Tombstone develops this chemical to make his people like him for a short amount of time basically invulnerable. And that's what that reminded me of in Iron Man three. That's what I thought of when I was um, when I went back to watch it just not not too long ago. Um, I also think that it's interesting that um, all of the shows, both WandaVision and uh, what's it called, uh, Buffy and Winter Soldier, have maybe want to go back and watch Age of Ultron, arguably one of the weakest Marvel movies. Period. Yeah, and but to be honest, still a good movie. It's better even now, though, because there is so much more depth uh-huh. to it because of WandaVision and a little bit of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I, to be honest, I actually, despite the fact that, you know, Age of Ultron wasn't, like, you know, the most amazing movie, I still really enjoyed it. I did, too. Um and it's not about enjoyment, it's just about where it ranks among them. Yeah, ones. yeah, yeah. Because I will agree that there are better ones, and it's just one of the weaker ones for me. I still enjoy it, and I will still watch it, but it's not going to be the first one I pick. 100%. Yeah, I'm just really excited to see uh, how the MCU uh, is going forward, uh, especially with Black Widow and Loki coming out, and then um, also Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm going to be interested to see... Uh, I I wanted Craven the Hunter to show up. Ooh, that would be... That, I thought that, that, that would be pretty cool. For Spider-Man 3 to tackle... Or, well, not... Yeah, Spider-Man 3 to tackle would be Spider-Man since uh, at the end he was outed as Peter Parker at the end of that movie. I thought it'd be really interesting to see him trying to dodge Craven the Hunter who in the comics hunts all the big game and decides that he was going to hunt Spider-Man. So he just tries to kill and hunt Spider-Man as a trophy. So I thought it would be interesting to see him having to dodge Craven while trying to figure out how to clear his name kind of thing. Yeah. I don't feel like that's what's going to happen now. I would love it if that happened, but I feel like now it's going to be a little bit less of that. I don't know. I am excited about it, though. Of course. As far as that goes. And also... Uh, I'm excited about the Avengers. I'm excited for... I'm excited about everything that Marvel is doing. Yeah, and especially for me, uh, um, Black Widow. Black Widow's gonna be great. I know that's been I know that's been announced for a long time, and there's probably a lot of people like complaining because it keeps getting pushed back. Honestly, I think they really have an excuse. I mean, they've been pushing out TV shows like nobody's business. And well, that and look at what also COVID. When people get frustrated. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean that, and look what happens. Uh, video games is a prime example. Cyberpunk. Look what happened uh-huh. with that. People were rushing that, and it kept getting pushed back. And people kept getting angry. And I know personally, I would rather have a movie or a video game come out when it's ready or at the right time than have it be rushed and be definitely or be definitely in a weird spot. I know it's not. The, I know it's not exactly the same between movies and video games. Yeah, of course. But I do. But... I do feel like there's enough of a comparison to draw between those two mediums. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Until next time, stay fans and.
fuck nerdy to me. 